Welcome to another episode of Latinas Be Like Us. I have a very special guest today. Her name is Marla. She was born in La Ceiba, Honduras. And uh, as an Afro-Indigenous woman who grew up in modern circumstances with her single mom working hard to provide for her children, um, she went through a lot. And uh, she's here to share with us her story. So why don't we just get into it, Marla? Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, the invitation so much. Uh, I met you on TikTok and it's been so amazing to uh, make contact with so many amazing women. And it's just, it's it's amazing to come across the such eloquent, amazing, vibe woman. <laughs> Latina <Thank you>. woman. <laughs> well, likewise, right, right back at you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I love what you're doing. Uh, I mean, the fact that you are going into your master's degree. So let, let's talk a little bit about who you are. Uh, let's tell the audience and then we'll just start talking about, we'll just start asking questions, you know, after I describe who you are. Sounds good? <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I am 44 right now. Uh, I began my journey into changing careers after being in accounting for 20 something years. Right now, I started um, my undergrad when I was 38. It, I knew it was going to be a long road to become a mental health therapist, which I was kind of scared of because, you know, it's a lot. Uh, right after I took a year off, because when I graduated from my uh, undergrad in psychology, uh, guess what happened? 2020 came around the corner. I think as you're right there when the pandemic hit. So I took the year off the following year. At the end of that year of 2020, I was pondering whether I should apply to grad school or not, which scared me a little bit because I was like, no, what if I don't get accepted? A whole bunch of things, you know, we we don't feel like we often belong in certain spaces. So I was like, you know, no, I spoke to my therapist and I was like, I belong and I'm going to take the space that I need to be in. And I applied and um, I it was late January of 21 when I got a step in there. Like, okay, you're going to start school um, the first week of April. And that's when I started in 2021. So I'm in my last uh, few months of grad school. I should be done by grad uh, by August of 24. So yeah, I'm doing my last four classes. Congratulations. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, you know, yes, we, we went through a lot of it. And then, you know, I think we all went through a lot of internal changes and internal battles of real, of kind of figuring out what we wanted to do. And so I think, you know, the fact that you went through all of this and decided to go to school and you got accepted and you're just about to finish, that is, that is such an inspiration. And you, you share with us a little bit more information about why you decided to go into therapy right into into this career you were talking to me and you shared in your bio about how you became a team mom at 18 and that was a huge challenge but you're still together with your partner and <laughs> that is and that is a an amazing journey uh, because you have you're young a, a lot of in a lot of instances a lot of families that start so young, they haven't really matured enough. And then they realize that they grow apart. So at 18, you became a mom. How was that experience? 
I fall in love with my little baby. Uh, she's 25 now. I am so thankful for her because she we really grew up together. I wish I would have been more prepared to be a mom uh, at 18. I wish that my mom would have spoken to me a little bit more about mental health, being prepared, being ready. But that wasn't the case at that particular moment. It, it was really difficult because I thought that I was doing the best job that I could. And I did. You know, I, I'm past the feeling guilty. <laughs> I had to go to therapy for many years because I felt guilty for a long, very long time, thinking that I didn't raise her the correct way that I could have done better. You know, we always think our fault we could have done better. Uh, but being the fact that I was so, I was coming with so much trauma from, you know, my childhood and my teens, it was, it was, it was difficult to navigate. It was really difficult to navigate and say, okay, I did a good job and accept that I did a good job. Now I see a deck. You know, I did what I could. I had the tool. I didn't have the tools, uh, the correct tools to raise a child, being myself still a child. But, you know, we heal and we move on and try to do better. So I learned that from there on, I couldn't do anything in, in, in the past, but now I'm doing better, you know, for my children and myself, obviously, because if you're not okay with them, you can't provide, you can't pour from an empty cup. So I started healing, going to therapy, and I... You know, I've always had a good relationship with my children. But you always think as a mom that you could do better. So where was that guilt coming from? Was that coming from your, your mom? Or was it like, did you blame your family for for something? And yeah, you, know, you yeah. were just portraying that guilt? Yeah. How was I think how so. were you able to, to get through and pass beyond all that? Let me tell you, it was a lot of healing uh, that had to be done on my end. Uh, a lot of talking, a lot of um, opening up, which I didn't know how to do. In the past, I was really closed off. I didn't talk about my feelings. I didn't talk about anything or anything that I was going through with anybody, you know. And that was difficult because, and this is how I start going to therapy. My husband was the main individual that motivated me to start going to therapy because he started going to therapy once he uh exited the army back in 2013 when he exited the army he was not doing very well obviously you know they're used to certain ways of life and ptsd and all these things that the army men and women go through while they're in service so once he starts therapy i was like oh then we started going to therapy as a couple and i was like oh Gosh, we have a lot of work to do. Yikes. Um, so ever since 2013, we've both uh, motivated ourselves to healing. It has not been an easy road. Uh, but, you know, going to couples therapy and going to our individual's therapy to heal our own individual issues. But yeah, I do uh, I do blame it for a very long time on my upbringing. I don't feel like my mom was the most supportive individual when I was growing up. By the way, I've, I've healed those wounds and those mother wounds uh lately we've been talking a lot about mental health you know i opened up to her and i told her everything that i went through and everything that i felt felt like was affected that had affected me at the moment and i brought into my adulthood and you know we forgave each other we're working on a better relationship talking more about our mental health and but yeah, I did blame her for a very long time. And she was at fault. And, you know, she was like, yeah, I know. You know, she told me recently, I, I forgive me for not being that mom that you needed, you know? So sometimes we need to hear that as adult children. And I myself have passed that on to my children. I'm like, hey, guys, if 
call me on, on my BS if you need to. Let me know <laughs> what I did wrong. And I apologize for whatever you guys don't want to tell me. Beforehand, if I wasn't the best mom for you when you were growing up, I apologize for that and for giving you whatever trauma that I gave you, you know? And I talked, we talk a lot about mental health, but all three. That is so beautiful. That's so beautiful <laughs> that you were able to forgive each other, first of all. And the fact that it was your husband who came and suggested that you go to therapy because statistically and historically, that is not the case for a lot of men. Let me ask you, is is he Latino or is he... Yes, he is. He's from Nicaragua. Yeah. He's from Nicaragua. I, and so that yeah. is even like, that is even wow, because yeah, I mean, Latino men, like that is not no. something that you do. No, that and he has, he has done a lot of work on his as well because he comes from another uh, traumatized uh, uh, you know childhood he saw a lot of things that he shouldn't have seen you know aggression to women alcoholism and, and all these things that you know it's like how do you bring two broken kids together so yeah so we ourselves had to do a lot of feeding and we're not done I don't think we're ever done you know we keep learning we keep modifying and learning and learning coping better coping skills improving our mental health also because when your mental health is not okay you're going to react a certain way correct right so you know if you're not there mentally if you're not regulating your emotions forget it there's no no trying to be i would say not normal i was trying to say or i mean i think no it's like like you said it's it's an ongoing journey i don't think it ever ends yeah i know i mean because we're human and we're always going to make mistakes but the more we're aware of Mm -hmm. things that we can prevent or how it's important to have channels of communication, um, heal about the past. And it sounds like both of you were there for each other. And yes. it's um, it's a lot that you went through. Yes. Uh, that, and I, I don't wish that to younger kids to have to, you know, married and have children that, that young, but it ended up working for, for you. You had each other's back. And, and I think, I I think um, the most important part in in this whole journey is the fact that we always worked together. It was that you know, even though it was, it hasn't been perfect. There's been a lot of ups and downs because people are like, oh, you guys been uh, married together? That's goals. Well, yeah, it is kind of goals, but it's not kind of goals, you know, because there was a lot of damage done on both ends. You know, I also have my mental illness where. I suffer from, I just got diagnosed earlier this year. I, I have bipolar depression. I have a major, uh, no, severe depression, anxiety. And, you know, those are things that I had been dealing with my whole entire life because of my trauma. And I didn't know any better also. So we all have to take accountability for our own mental health. It's not an excuse, but we have to take that accountability because you know, our mental health, when it's not okay, we're going to act certain uh, toxic, if you want to call it ways. We're not going to act as, you know, when someone's healed and how we react, how we talk, how we behave, how we treat others. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's where your journey towards mental health started, right? It's been such a long road. Yeah. It's a difficult role because healing sometimes, and not sometimes actually, most just say it's harder than staying stuck in your trauma. That is, you go through, that is so true. You go through so many ups and downs. You feel like you're healing and then boom, you fall back into depression. And then you find out another part of you that needs healing. And it's just these 
ups and downs. And mind you, I have I'm bipolar, so I already had these ups and downs going all the time. And even healing for me, and you know, my experience was hard, was yes. difficult. And having all these ups and downs, ups and downs uh, for the past, I started therapy in 2018, and this is why I started therapy. My husband was going to therapy and my husband brought it up to his therapist. Hey, um, and my, my wife wants to become a therapist. And uh, she said, well, if she has a lot of trauma, like, if she, you know, because obviously he's going to speak about me <laughs> in therapy. Uh, and she was like, well, she has a lot of trauma. She needs to go to therapy. She needs to heal herself so she doesn't transfer her trauma onto her clients. And not, because also, you know, when you're giving therapy to others, like, there's, there can be transference and just ways of uh, adapting, you know, not being able to um, manage the trauma. You're also trying to help others heal. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of transference there. There's so. a lot of energy transference. Uh -huh. Yes. So that, that was one of the sense. reasons. Yeah. And that's why, and, you know, my husband has always been a number one supporter. Um, despite all the stuff that we've gotten personally in our relationship, but I don't think any relationship is perfect. But you, you know, when you love each other and you work together, it seemed to work for us. Yeah, I don't know why I said. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, a, a relationship is all about that. It's all about yeah. working together. It's uh, listening to each other. It's admitting mistakes. And the fact that you are now aware of your mental illnesses, the fact that you're taking care of yourself, that is so important. I have in my family members uh, with bipolar depression. So I know yeah. how that being diagnosed and following the regimes and, you know, having and it for your family is so important so that you can continue your life because you can, you yeah. absolutely can. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's been a journey for you. <laughs> Not only you went through school, you were diagnosed. Yes. How how were you able to balance all of that? I don't Not know. Of it. <laughs> she didn't know. I don't know. It, it, that's a, and it was even harder because through COVID, that's when I actually started healing the most. And I I also have been uh I had a an hysterectomy um right there in twenty one. So my healing has taken terrible. And I'm gonna say this, and it is what it is. It, it has been a terrible. <laughs> experience healing because all holidays things plus regular life going on life changes uh also having family members that had passed away you know and one after the other one one after the other one one after the other one so i know it's no. it's a lot it was a, a lot. lot it shows to uh to prove that humans can be resilient no matter the traumas and that is inspiring i mean it, it's heartbreaking and yes we all was so much during COVID, um, some more than others. Yeah, and seeing family members just go one after the other, that can be very traumatizing. It was traumatizing, but you know how, how you said uh, resilience, and it really is the heart disheartening that you have to say resilience when you're going through all these hard moments. But that's the only way to come out of it. That's the only way. It, yeah. You know, it's it's heartbreaking, but that's the only way. Yep. You have to, you know, you have to be this strong woman, take it all in and just try to survive till things 
weather out. It's like being in a bad, stuck in a bad storm. Yeah. And you know, being a boat in the middle of it, you know? And it's funny that you say that women have to be strong because, you know, I mean, in our culture, even though there is a lot of machismo, there is also expected from the women to be strong, right? To be there. You know, you have to take care of the children and you have to be a good mom and you have to do all this and you have to do maybe not necessarily like strong masculinity, but mm -hmm. strong, you know, like feminine motherhood figure. Have that feminine energy that you need yeah. to have. It is very yeah. exhausting. It is the good thing that we had to do a lot of uh, machismo in our, my, my own marriage. Uh, I will tell you, my husband wouldn't pick up a broom for the life of him. <laughs> he wasn't taught. No, he wasn't. And he tells me, he tells me, I said, my mom didn't teach me how to paint or how to do this. I mean, I would clean my room and organize myself, but she never asked for me to clean the house or taught me how to clean the house or how to do this or how to do that. So when you see me posting my husband cleaning on TikTok, you understand why I do it. <laughs> yeah, no, my husband is legit. Um, my husband wouldn't even pass me a cup of water if I asked. He would tell me, no, you can get it up. You can get up and go get it yourself. Okay. I understand. I mean, you had to do a lot of teaching with him. I don't think all women can do that. I mean, you know, like people, like women just get tired and leave. And so that's a lot. You had a lot of patience with that man. And, I mean, you you had, you both had served back and you taught each other, basically, you were, we did. Each, other's, you were each other's role models. And yes, uh, it was it was a mutual thing. We both, like you said, was a lot of uh, teaching each other because there was a lot of things that I didn't do or I didn't know or I I wasn't taught, you know, in many ways that he had to teach me. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, I guess I, I guess it was a it was a teaching lesson for both of us, which I don't recommend. I feel like you need to come into a marriage healed and ready and prepared, perhaps for certain things. Um, because it can be uh, exhausting on both ends. It, it was exhausting. It was. It was very exhausting. So what are you doing different for your children after all this learning experience? It was a lot of what are you making sure now that, that your children know so that they don't have to go through anything that you want to? We teach them how to clean, how to mop, how to cook themselves their things, how to respect women how to cater to their woman at my end as a mom. Uh, I tell him, you need to cook for your wife. My son just got married, he's 21, but you need to cook. He was making her breakfast the other day and she did dinner on the up and next. And I'll be, and just giving them advice and, you know, not also giving them the advice and teaching them, but it was uh, them seeing the change in us as a couple so they can learn. Because it's that you, you can tell whenever you want to your kids. You know, I can give them all the advice that I want, but if they don't see it between me and the behaviors that between my husband and I, and then what they learn. Yeah. And they saw my model. They saw, they saw the changes. Yeah. Because, uh, children, even if they're, you know, teens, they're sponges. They're still, they're still, you know, even well until, you know, the front low of, of, of a child, of, of a teen is not developed till they're 25. So literally until they're 25, they're kids. Even they're even not 18, they're already considered adults, but they shouldn't be because they still don't think properly. Isn't that yeah. amazing? And then socially speaking, they expect them to to behave like adults. And they're not. This is what we learn. Our, our frontal lobe is not uh, developed until we are not 25 years old. Imagine that. You imagine so, that? Yeah, no, no, no. I, it, it's just insane. So you know, like you have to give, be good role models. I want to know. So is it one one boy and two girls? 
or two boys? No, it's it's two. Well, it's two boys. Um, my son, the the eldest is my daughter Ashley. She's twenty five. My two boys are the youngest ones, which is uh, one is twenty one and the other one is seventeen, and they're the boys. And my my husband has a child also. Uh, he's fifteen. So yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, well, yeah, it, it is. So, so we have them before things. Good, good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, you know, we've always taught them to respect each other, to be there for each other, to love each other. And they've seen that between, you know, my husband and I, regardless of certain situations that they have to live as kids. And, you know, I always ask them again for a lot of forgiveness. And, you know, we're just learning as we go. So does the 15-year-old live with you or? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming to live with us now. Okay, well, that's another story for another time, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you mentioned in your bio that you your lifelong goal, you what you want to focus on is to break down barriers in fostering understanding within the Latino community of the importance of mental well-being. What does that look like? That looks like the immediate family and teaching them and creating that awareness about mental health with them. And often, um, I got like, a lot of backlash from my family at the beginning when I started uh, sharing things about my mental health. They were like, oh, why are you seeing that? Why are you seeing that? Because this is my experience. So they, look, oh, they see it as a taboo. Oh, Don't did. talk about they that. Did. No, I got, I got a, lot of, uh, a lot of backlash from my family. And um, not also my family, my husband's side of the family. Like, are you crazy? And, you know, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? La ropa se lava en la casa. Yeah, you levanta el carpet y metes la ropa sucia y la basura. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. We don't talk about that. It's, you know, we don't talk about Bruno type. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's true. And it's true. That's what that is, Bruno. It is. That is Bruno. Wow. problemas se tapan. No, no, no se hablan. Forget it. Olvídalo. Lock it up. Lock it up in a, in, in a room and don't open that room. But all the crap that we have, you know, is going to come busting out of the door. And there, it takes one individual to open the can. <laughs> and you're seen as the crazy wall, as the black sheep, as like, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Why are you posting that? But why someone's got to do it. Or, or are you attacking? Are you talking about someone in specific? I'm like, bro, I'm just sharing things. Someone's going to do it. And, and Marla did it. Oh, and you know, I was scared about doing that. And when I was going to start doing that, I spoke to my therapist and I was like, hey, you know, I want to do this. I want to share more about my mental health. I want to talk more about it on social media. Do you think it's okay? I don't want to seem like um, I want to call attention. This is not to call attention. It's to raise awareness. And she's told me, you do what you need to do for yourself, for your personal meaning. If that's what you want to do, do it. Don't think about anyone else. Just do it. Love that. That is exactly how I feel. And I love what you're doing in social media. I love I love your Instagram account. I I, I laugh at all of all the, the silly things that you share. And I think that's you know, that's a really good way of, of helping you cope with you know with things that you're going through. I think we have to put some uh my therapist sometimes might not think that, but sometimes she's like, Yeah, you know, you have to laugh sometimes and you have to find ways of coping. And if that's your way of coping, then okay, but as long as we deal with the underneath things and we talk about them. Of course, of course. I'm like, 
Yeah, it's so like, you know, post post memes and they forget about it. It's more funny because, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. So yeah, yeah, keep yeah. it light sometimes because mental health can be very heavy. I mean, that we, we could spend an entire day or like days talking about mental health and how. Yeah, we can. But um, we're running out of time. So yeah, what is, let, let's wrap it up. You know, yeah. we, we learn about your experience as a mom. We'll learn about your experience healing. We'll learn about your experience going through school and everything that happened. What is one thing that you want your our audience to take away from here? That it's possible to heal no matter what age. You can be 60 and you can start therapy and not think that you're crazy to go to therapy and talk to someone to help you deal with all the internal issues and turmoil that we live with because we don't want to... You know, we live with all that. Like I said before, that we just bottle it up and we lock it up and we don't talk about whatever issues we have been through life. And it's never too late. Never too late. All right. You heard it. You heard it, Marla. <laughs> it's never too late. Go for it. I think, you know, like Latino families, the Latino community needs this so much. It's so important. We really need to look at each other's trauma. We need to open up and and to accept that it's okay. You know, this is not a taboo. This is nothing to be ashamed of. And uh, yeah, just uh, listen to people like Marla and follow them. So <laughs> where can we find you, Marla, on social media? Uh, all my social media handle says he Marla. So my Instagram and my TikTok as well uh, says healing Marla. And yeah, <laughs> you guys can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I love to share a lot about my school the ups and downs about my school and how I managed with my grad school days and of course always mental health all types of mental health things I like to share on my social media great thank you Marla no thank you it was so nice to talk to you of course I'll see you next time yes hopefully we can do this or some other time as well my dear for sure thank you have a nice thank day you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Latinas Be Like Us. Remember to subscribe wherever you are listening. And to learn more or leave a donation, please go to our website, latinasbelikeus.com. See you next time.